0: Chapter 5 of Love's Shadow by Ada Levison. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter 5 A Proposal. I say, Eugenia. Well, Cecil. Look here, Eugenia. What is it, Cecil? Will you marry me? I beg your pardon. Will you marry me, Eugenia? What? You heard what I said. I asked you to marry me. Will you? certainly not most decidedly not how can you ask such a ridiculous question the lady who thus scornfully rejected a proposal was no longer young and had never been beautiful in what exactly her attraction consisted was perhaps a mystery to many of those who found themselves under the charm her voice and smile were very agreeable and she had a graceful figure if she looked nearly ten years younger than her age which was forty-four this was in no way owing to any artificial aid but to a kind of brilliant vitality not a bouncing mature liveliness but a vivid intense humorous interest in life that was and would always remain absolutely fresh she was naturalness itself and seemed unconscious or careless of her appearance nor did she have that well-preserved air of so many modern women who seemed younger than their years but seemed merely clever amiable very unaffected and rather ill she had long veiled-looking brown eyes turned up at the corners which gave to her glance an amusing slyness it was a very misleading physiognomical effect for she was really unusually frank she wore a dull grey dress that was neither artistic becoming nor smart in fact she was too charming to be dowdy and too careless to be chic she might have been a great celebrity. The young man who made the suggestion above recorded was fair and clean-shaven, tall and well-made, with clear-cut features. In fact, he was very good-looking, good-looking as almost only an Englishman can be. Under a reserved, dandified manner, he tried unsuccessfully to conceal the fact that he was too intelligent for his type. He did not, however, quite attain his standard of entire expressionlessness and his bright light blue eyes and fully curved lips showed the generous and emotional nature of their owner at this moment he seemed very much out of temper they were sitting in a dismal little drawing-room in one of the smallest houses in a dreary street in belgravia the room was crowded with dateless unmeaning furniture and disfigured by muddled mistaken decoration its designer probably had meant well but had been very far from carrying out his meaning. There were too many things in the room, and most of them were wrong. It would be unjust, however, to suppose Mrs. Raymond did not know this. Want of means, and indifference, or perhaps perverseness, had caused her to leave the house unchanged since his death, as a sort of monument to poor Colonel Raymond's erring taste. "'You might just as well marry me as not,' said Cecil in his level voice, but with pleading eyes. He made the gesture of trying to take her hand, but she took hers away. "'You're very pressing, Cecil, but I think not. "'You know perfectly well, I'm sure I make no secret of it, "'that I'm ten years older than you, old enough to be your mother. "'Am I the sort of person who would take advantage of the fancy of a gilded youth? "'And now I come to think of it, your proposal's quite insulting. "'It's treating me like an adventuress. "'It's implying that you think I would marry you. Apologize and withdraw it at once, or I'll never speak to you again.' This is nonsense. To begin with, said Cecil, I may be a little gilded, not so very, but I'm far from being a youth. I'm thirty-four. Yes, I know. That's just the absurd part, she answered, inconsequently. It's not as if you were a mere boy and didn't know better, and you know how I hate this sort of thing. I know you do, and very likely I wouldn't have worried about marrying at all if you'd been nicer to me in other ways. You see, you brought it on yourself— "'Do you mean—I am nice. Don't you come here whenever you like, or nearly? Didn't I dine with you once, a year or two ago? I forget, but I think I did.' "'You never did,' he answered sharply. "'Then it must have been with somebody else.' "'Of course I didn't. I shouldn't dream of such a thing. "'Someone else. Yes, of course, that's it. Well, I want you to marry me, Eugenia, because I want to get you away from everyone else. You see my point?' She laughed. "'Oh, jealousy! That's the last straw. Do you know that you're a nuisance, Cecil?' "'Because I love you,' he said, trying to look into her sly Japanese eyes. She avoided his glance. "'Because you keep on bothering—always writing, always telephoning, always calling. As soon as I've disposed of one invitation or excuse to meet, you invent another. But this last idea is quite too exasperating.' She spoke more gently. "'Don't you know, Cecil, that I've been a widow for years? "'Would I be so ridiculous as to marry again? "'Why, the one thing I can't stand is being interfered with. "'I prefer, far prefer, being poor and alone to that. "'Now what I want you to do is to marry someone else. "'I have an idea who I should like it to be, but I won't talk about it now. "'It is the most charming girl in the world. "'I shan't tell you her name, that would be tactless.' "'It's that lovely Miss Verney, of course. "'She's much too good for you. "'An heiress, a beauty, and an orphan. "'But she's wonderful, and she really deserves you.' "'He stopped her. "'How heartless you are,' he said admiringly. "'Really not, Cecil. "'I'm very fond of you. "'I'd be your best friend if you'd let me. "'But I shan't speak to you again, or receive you at all, "'unless you promise not to repeat that nonsense about marrying. "'I know how horridly obstinate you are. "'Please remember.' "'It is out of the question.' "'At this moment the servant brought in a letter to Mrs. Raymond. "'As she read it, Cecil thought she changed colour. "'It's only a line from Sir Charles Cannon,' she said. "'What's he writing about?' "'Really, Cecil, what right have you to ask? "'I certainly shan't say.' "'It's about his ward, if you must know, "'and now I think you'd better go, "'if you will make these violent scenes.' "'He stood up. "'You must let me come soon again.' "'he said rather dejectedly. "'I'll try not to come to-morrow. "'Shall I?' "'Yes, do try. "'Not to come, I mean. "'And will you do everything I tell you?' "'I suppose it will please you "'if I dine with Hyacinth Verney this evening.' "'She asked me yesterday. "'I said I was half engaged, "'but I would let her know.' "'Yes, it would please me very much indeed,' "'said Mrs. Raymond. "'Please do it, and try to know her better. "'She's sweet. "'I don't know her, but—' "'All right, if you'll be nice to me.' will you?' She was reading the letter again, and did not answer when he said good-bye and left the room. End of chapter 5